the popular kids were the guys who could fight or the guys who could play football. Yeah. So if you couldn't do either of those two things, then you had to be funny to survive. <laughs> or you would get battered. Right. Which is, you know, yeah, you would get you'd get beat up. Um, the silence is not intended. I don't know what to say. I it's okay. quite sad, but maybe that is a reason why a lot of working class Scottish people are funny. Welcome to Comedy with an Accent podcast. I'm your Taiwanese comedian, Quan Wen. I interview comedians who perform English stand-up comedy but who are not native English speakers or they can have a very distinct British regional accent. This podcast is all about comedy, about accent, about languages and about the comedy technique. So stay tuned if you're interested. Set. Big. <laughs> no one's even watching that anymore. Yeah, I've never watched it. My mom likes it. Mm. Can we start now? Or have you already started recording? I've started recording. Oh no, it was a real small talk. It wasn't easing into it. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Hello, welcome back. I am in Glasgow today. <laughs> and I'm in a, yet another different podcast studio. But it's very nice. The sound Did I get your name wrong? Look, is that right? Cam. Cam, shit, I got it wrong. <laughs> so Cam was Not even very close. Nice, but this is, I'm sorry, because I, it was a lot of effort to understand him. His accent was a bit strong, so I was like, Everything is just, I'm sorry, Stephen, I need to rant because I came to this On station. It's two stations away from Glasgow Central and they told me to go to Platform 16. I was running around saying, there's no Platform 16. Well, it turns out it was on lower level, but not really indicated. Was like, Am I looking for the nine and three quarter platform? Oh, well, anyway, sorry. So it's emotional output. I got on the train. So I thought, okay, I'm going to this place called Bridgerton, but there's no one, there's no one that looked like Duke Hastings in Bridgerton here. Yeah. And then I thought, why am I moving westward on the map when Bridgerton is on the eastern side of Glasgow? So then I had to explain to three different contactors. So you, you went the wrong way? I you... went to Paisley, St. James. Where is that? That's far away from okay. here. Okay. Okay. And that's why I sound a bit tired. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Comedy with an Accent podcast. I have a very special guest today. Thank you. We could have done this in London last week. We could have. We should have. It will be different. Yeah. It will be different. This you is are my hometown. Your hometown. And from the accent, from that bouncy vow, you can tell we are talking to a Scottish comedian. Yes. Uh, he was the winner <laughs> of BBC 2018 New Comedy Award. Yep. Does that matter much to you still these days? Uh, it was a big deal at the time and I was very it happy. It a big deal. Yeah, I mean. yeah, but to me at the time it was a really big deal. Now, you know, I've got loads of awards under my belt. I don't need <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so one day you say them and say that, um, Stephen, I'm going to kill you unless you give up either all your social media following or the BBC New Comedy Award win. Which one would you ditch? Uh, well, <laughs> it's hard because maybe I wouldn't have had my following without the Comedy Award. Diplomatic. So, but nowadays it's probably better to have a bigger following than have awards, I would say. Diplomatic, yes, subtly answer my question. So <laughs> he won't say it, but he'll rather ditch the BBC with <laughs> than the social media following. 
a lot of people would know Steven. In case you don't, Steven has gone viral this year for his <laughs> social media profile, and he's been greeted by people as, "Oh, are you the W H Smith guy?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's who I am. Now the W H Smith guy. I done a video. Uh, it was called "The Guy Who Decides What Shops Go Into Airports," and it's basically just a guy just keeps suggesting W H Smith. Stuff. Who made this joke about Doctor Smith? Oh, Sean McLaughlin. I went to watch his show. Yeah, I went to and, see it as well. That's that is really funny. Like, yeah. Why this place has not gone bankrupt? It doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> it's all shit. Can I just say I'm so grateful that I'm still in the same agency with Steven. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I am not gonna pretend we are friends. I'm not. I'm, okay, you are shocked. Right? Listen to me. Listen to me. I've loved to be a good mate of yours, but we barely have enough time yeah. to spend with each other. It's not like I want a romance. I'm not. There's no even agenda. Okay? I don't flop straight people. Like I have ethics. I'm gay. He's straight. Simple as that. I look up to Stephen. I really admire you. We were doing a series of gig together, and somehow they decided to ship Stephen from Glasgow. So every time there's a gig in a London venue, it's not even like a big venue it tend to be like a small pop yep. function room about less than 100 people 60 people yeah and steven has to take the train from glasgow about four and a half hour to five hour to reach london and there was one time the gig was cancelled <laughs> on the day so when i messaged steven do you know that the gig tonight is cancelled he was already somewhere around birmingham or yeah you're, you're, you're getting I, into euston i was <laughs> rolling into euston there was 10 minutes away from euston and then you told me that and then i messaged my agent at the time helena and she said, yeah, it's cancelled. Just go back home. <laughs> Did you not even plan to stay in London? One she, day? she said, you've still got the hotel so you can stay. But <laughs> I was like, I may as well just go. I'd rather be in my own bed. And that is why we're recording this in Glasgow today. It's that little incident made me think that, wow, Stephen either really hate London <laughs> or he really loves his hometown Glasgow. So one of those reasons both, both combined... <laughs> If I had to record this and made me stay in London for two more hours, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like if you come to London for a gig, either have to arrive earlier or leave stay later. Late. Yeah. So it makes you stay in London longer. Then I would feel a little bit irresponsible and uh, disrespectful. I don't mind London. <laughs> I, I quite like I don't London. don't mind. In Britishism, means that, yeah, it's a bit nasty. You better not do that. So you always have to read between the lines when you're talking to a British person, even though they be a more seemingly straight-talking glass week. <laughs> I think I don't mind London in general, but yeah, if I had to book a hotel to stay an extra day to, to record a podcast, I'd be like, no. No, no, I, w- I wouldn't do that. But you may have to go back in horrible rush hours or you just yeah. miss like an optimal timing. Anyway, when <laughs> I'm going to follow my usual structure with this question. Do you think you have an accent when you speak English, Stephen? Mr. Buchanan. I feel like I've got an accent when I do gigs in London. Ah. <sighs> But Do you realize how smart that is? So he kind of say seemingly yes, but he then suggests the problem is with you guys. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it's a self-conscious thing, but if I'm gigging in Glasgow and all the other comedians are Scottish, I'm not different from them on the, the lineup. So I don't have a unique selling point. In London, I'm usually would only be the only Scottish person on the lineup. I like to immediately follow and agree with you. I just have to say factually, it's not true because when he goes to Edinburgh, he doesn't sound like... <laughs> 
people from that's Edinburgh. That's true. That's right? true. Yeah. yeah. There's not one Scottish accent. There are so many different types of Scottish accents. That's true. That is true. Thanks for schooling me on my own yeah. accent. Also, <laughs> even in Edinburgh, if you are from a Sheffield accent from Lee or it's a posh accent from Morningside, yeah, there's like not a, one Edinburgh accent. Like a rough accent maybe would be, yeah, like Leith, like Trainspotting. Have you ever seen the film Trainspotting? I haven't. I feel like I should. Or That's one of the, because of Netflix, there's so many things I promise I will watch and I say to myself, I should watch, but I haven't got the time to watch it. Yeah, it's great. Yet, I shake hand with the Edinburgh French improv group who does transporting oh, right. shows. It's like, yeah. it was amazing, but I have no idea. <laughs> 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 I do that all the time as well. So, oh, I love the show. Yeah, I didn't see it. Didn't see the show. Anyway, sorry about the stereotype. Okay, well, here was I. So I was in the green room. I was surrounded by Scottish comedians. Last night? Yeah, last night. Because they were talking to each other. So they maintained this Scott to Scott accent level, if that yeah. makes sense to you. Like, every time I chip in, I think they can lower the accent a little bit. But when they were talking to each other, it's pretty much Too fast. A, sort of intra-Scott community yeah. situation. Well, last week when we we done that gig, yeah. there was a Scottish guy came up to us after we were talking, and from then Aberdeen. from Aberdeen. Yeah. But as soon as he came over, I started speaking my normal sort of <laughs> rhythm, and then immediately you were like, "I don't understand what you're saying now," but yeah. you could understand me perfectly when I was talking to you because I slowed down a wee bit. Even that, there was a bit misunderstanding. I don't remember the exact exchange and exact phrasing, but once we were both in shock when I discovered what I thought I had a really good grasp on a Scottish accent was Stephen's neutral accent. So yeah. Stephen neutral, <laughs> neutralized his accent so much. I pretty much sound accentless right now to you. I was like, oh my God, his Scottish accent is so strong. But I've lived in this country for so long. I can still understand him. I can now take out my CV being able to understand people from, from Glasgow. So when you tell me that, no, I'm doing this just for you and I yeah. was like oh you actually did it you actually changed your accent for me because I couldn't have told at all so I, and, and it was I think it was until you were talking to someone else yeah and I immediately feel like are you talking Martian what, 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 the, what the F is going on but I feel like sometimes I, I don't want people to think that I'm patronising them if I'm trying to slow down yeah. or whatever but literally like you say you might think I'm talking Martian if, if I don't slow down so I have to do it and I think are you happy that I do that as well? Or would you rather that I just speak the way I normally speak? I don't know. Yeah. But for example, let me ask you. So your really great podcast with Mark Jennings and Stuart McPherson. Yep. Got it right. Did you guys have this chat? Who your target audience should be? No. Because that is the question your accent level should be. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you are three... Are, they, are you all Scots regions? No, me and Mark are from Glasgow. Stuart's from Fife. <laughs> Like I'm east so east coast, I would say. <laughs> I'm so sorry. When you say five, it sounds like a wine bottle that's not properly sealed. <laughs> so the cork has a bit of crack. So when you try to open the wine, it doesn't have the beautiful book. All you have is five. <laughs> five. <laughs> I did not try to get a gig there. Anyway, so...
That, I would say Stuart's got the most neutral accent. That's true, yeah. But he sounds like someone who has defected to England a long time ago. Yeah. forced to come back because of poverty or something. Yeah, well, well we had a, a guest on the other week, Darren Connell, who's from Glasgow, and he was saying to Stu, I honestly thought you were English for, for years, even though he's got a Scottish accent, but he's oh just so different from Glasgow that he didn't realise that he was that Scottish. bullying to an extent. <laughs> so my question is, <clears throat> when I watch the clips listen i listened to some episode on all of them because sometimes too hard it, yeah not too hard but i was under the impression you guys kept it not as strong as it could be mm. but i wonder whether there was sort of a subconscious expectation because you might think that oh this is not just a podcast for the glass region or the scottish audience it would go out to the whole united kingdom at least right? yeah yeah but I don't know if you guys actually have a discussion and say if our ambition is to make it a global podcast where the Americans understand us, you don't want to do it too much to the point that you don't even sound Scottish at all. So you yeah. have to keep some of the perk. Exactly. And you guys never have a conversation. No. Well, I've I done a gig for the BBC World Service, it's called. And it was it's called the... <laughs> can I say I'm doing pretty well this is after the new comedy award so I got this gig because of that and it was called like the culture show yeah. or something and it's basically their main audience is America so I had to submit my set to the producer and she would vet it and see if there's references that Americans would get and I had to change stuff like bin like wheelie bin and they were like oh you need to say dustbin or trash can instead of that and even with the scottish accent i think they wouldn't even understand bin because it would probably if an american said bin they would know what that means but when i say bin they might be like what what's that guy saying bin what what's that like mr bean yeah like bean <laughs> are you saying bean how do you call that the editor the producer yeah producer she was absolutely doing her job. Like the most <coughs> recent RuPaul Drag Race episode, there's a musical, and they make a reference to drinking bean juice. Bean juice or bean juice? <laughs> ben. <laughs> okay, I don't think bean is also not ben. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deliver. Try to. It's neither. Okay, ben. 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 I don't know how like RP Southern accent do it properly. Ben juice. Ben. Ben juice. That sounds like an American trying to pull <laughs> an Irish, offensive Irish or English accent straight out of a drama. That was my Queen's <laughs> English. That's that was my attempt of died and <laughs> King's English. <laughs> so that term wouldn't make sense to American. Yeah. Benjus. Because you need to understand what a bin is to yeah. have that. Oh, Sort of the derivative concept. Yeah. So and you wouldn't say trash juice, would you? No, there's no term for that. So like a residual water coming out of the garbage bag. So that doesn't have the same rhythm, does no, it? No, that's one incident when you think like, yeah, that reference just so much stronger and more powerful in British English. Yeah. Yes, the podcast, you never had a discussion about. No, because I think like. Should you? Like you were, well, maybe, but you were saying about it feels vulgar to kind of change your, the way you were taught or like the way yeah. you pronounce things. I felt most of our audience is Scottish and we're like constantly going, oh, by the way, Ben means this or whatever. Then they'd be like, yeah, we know that, you know, why are you explaining this to us? And I think it would maybe seem big headed that we How think this is going to America. Outside of UK, is there a percentage? Uh, it's mostly UK. There's a few listeners here and there, yeah. but I've got a feeling that would probably be listeners like expats. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. If I looked at the breakdown by country and by region, I have about a third of my listeners based entirely outside the United Kingdom. 
A third? A third. Right. And probably it's because the theme and the nature of this podcast, a good third of those downloads are outside the UK. Yeah. So when I was talking to Esther last time, for example, she just said her mom's from Gateshead. And I have to say, well, where is that? Because for a lot of people outside the UK, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. So I'm conscious of that. So, so yeah. I think so for you, so you say that outside UK, your number is not quite as high or percentage wise. Yeah. Percentage wise, I would say it's maybe like 5%. What about the Scotland and non-Scotland split i would say mostly scottish but london there is quite a portion in london it's weird i've looked at my own statistics for my own instagram and the biggest numbers from london rather than like that's <laughs> the, the have come back you cannot yeah, escape i can't escape well, your bread and water when you perform outside scotland yeah then you suddenly hit with realization that I don't speak in the same accent as most of the audience. That what's next in your thought process? You speak more slowly, or you, or do you spend more time talking about your accent than you would have performing in Scotland? Uh, yeah, I do. I speak more slowly. I try and enunciate more when I'm performing in London. But sometimes that that makes me feel quite icky as well. Because do you know the comedian Lemmy? Do you know Lemmy? Lemmy, L-I-M-M-Y. L-I- no, I thought you were talking about the London MP Davy Lammy. No. Okay. <laughs> no, the Scottish comedian Lemmy. No. Yeah, you've never heard. Okay. So he's really big on Twitter and stuff. He's, he had his own sketch show here. But he's really unapologetically Glaswegian. He won't change his accent for anything. And he's done book tours in London, uh, Ireland, all that sort of stuff. And he doesn't change his accent wherever he goes. And I, I respect that in a way. That's where he's from. That's the way he grew up. People can either try and tune in and then if they understand great but if they don't then he doesn't really care he adopts the policy of take it or leave it right? yeah yeah take exactly for what i am yeah okay. which I, I respect that and i wish i could do that i've got i'm more self-conscious when i go why do you say you wish you could did you actually have for example like a discussion with helena before and she didn't say stephen when you perform down south you really should enunciate more no or it's all just you no your, me is yeah psychologically I'm, I like, I'm thinking i need acceptance so i'm like if i if people don't understand me in the room, then they're not going to accept me, you know? So yeah. I need to try and... But that actually bugs you. This thing you decide to do actually make you slightly unhappy about performing outside Scotland. Not unhappy, but just self-conscious. Like, it's always in the back of my mind. So whenever I'm gigging in London, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I need to slow down here. And I wish I could just go out and just talk the way I talk normally. So if I interpret correctly, if you have a gig in London in a rather prestigious, beautiful venue, fully seated, and you absolutely kill it on stage, but with the fact that you have to monitor your accent, make you enjoy a little bit less. Like you just think that if only I could have the same thing, but back home, I can completely be myself. Maybe a, a wee bit, but it probably works more if I'm having a bad gig and I'm like, oh. well, I've just tried my hardest to accommodate you guys. Accommodate you guys and You're you still don't like it. You bitch. Exactly, you yeah. Even you guys <laughs> i've just spoke so clearly and you still don't think Steven, it's funny i thought you are one happy person yeah happy person i didn't know you also have an inner supporter i don't <laughs> actually go to a therapist i don't know how to you have to <laughs> I don't know, talk to stuart goldsmith or rupaul you know, they have a lot of knowledge about it, how to deal with your inner supporter but i think don't be consumed by that please. no I'm, I'm not consumed by it but it's just a thing that kind of it's in your, the back of your head, you know. Do you ever have this discussion with fellow Scottish comedians about performing down south and yeah. having to adjust how you speak? Yeah, it's, we mentioned Mark Jennings, who I do the podcast with. He has the same sort of feelings. I think it's maybe more of a working class versus 
upper class kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So if you go to like, the central London, like the boat shows, probably a lot of middle class people, guys in suits who have just finished work. Uh, I just feel like that's who I see. Like I see people in suits, central London, they'll have probably got money. And then that, if I'm from like Glasgow. Do you feel like you betray not only your culture, but also your class? Is that a thing? <laughs> Uh, no, I wouldn't say that, but it's it, like I was saying, it's more sell of a out. self-conscious thing, a sellout. So this is something that Mark said. I should um, point out that he thinks, you know, it's more of a working class versus middle class or yeah. upper class sort of thing where, yeah, you feel like you're trying to appease the upper class. Mark also said another thing, but it was like... Uh, he used to love watching Chris Rock, who's a great comedian. And then Chris Rock always had a thing where it would be like he could do his own stuff in front of like his own audience, like a deaf comedy jam or whatever. If it's a predominantly black audience, he can go there and do his own thing. But if he's performing for white audiences, he needs to change certain things and all that. Feels like that for Scottish guys or Scottish comedians going into England and trying to you change your references. To be cancelled, you just try to describe Scotland as a much whiter part of UK. <laughs> experience to um black people having to adjust their blackness i don't know that's just what mark jennings said (laughs) (laughs) scotland is only so big you probably won't be able to fully survive just gigging in scotland you do have to come down south and perform to english yeah i feel like one of the things scottish comic would do is to perfectly mimic a southern english accent and it feels really funny when you guys do that and you do the contrast how do you feel about that how do you feel having to perform to english audience yeah um i do enjoy gigging in london and that is just like i mentioned there's that wee bit in the back of your head that Mm. you have to change certain things fully yourself like a hundred percent but when you get a good reaction from that audience it does feel like acceptance in a way mm-hmm. which is a, a nice feeling it's pr- maybe also not a not very helpful feeling because you're wanting acceptance so but don't we all though? i know well that's yeah. uh, it's, it's quite complicated because you're wanting acceptance as a comedian anyway you want to make people laugh but there's two forms of it is you want to make people laugh and then you want the sort of upper class posh uh, middle English people to accept you yeah, as who you are. My Lord, something like yeah. that. Sort of downstairs, upstairs kind of scenario. Yeah, exactly. But it's, I enjoy it. Like, I've not done a lot of gigs outside of London. I've done a few up north and they've always been quite fun. Like in Newcastle, you feel more, they feel it closer to Scotland than mm-hmm. like London in terms of, you know, personality or mentality or in whatever. What way? Like, mentality, they've probably they have to prove themselves in front of the posh London-centric folk. And a lot of, like, maybe the industry producers and all that are from London, and you want to prove to them that you can do a good job Mm -hmm. as well. So that's also a way, if you're doing well in front of a London audience, then you maybe go, oh, well, that means I can do well in front of that producer and get on that show, do live at the Apollo, blah, blah, blah. Glasgow, a city, I would say is so important. The city has a particular character and maybe a sense of humor. It must come from the day to day. I think I watched a documentary about Billy Connolly. Yeah. And I think he mentioned that he was trained when he was walking on a dock. Yeah. So all his banter with his mates. That's where his comedy energy comes from. Yeah. It's basically... Every single second you're breathing, you are training to be on stage. Yeah. Whereas if you live somewhere that's in Albans, you're lucky. <laughs> five minutes stage time, you just talk with everyone, just so boring. Because <laughs> even think about how many good comics come out of Glasgow. So you have the world-renowned Billy Connolly. Yeah. And the more recent, you have Frankie Boy, you have Kevin Bridges, you yep. have Larry Deans, you have the more recent... Fern Brady. Uh, Fern, Fern Brady's not from uh, Glasgow. I think. Oh, Glasgow. not Glasgow. No, she's from Bathgate, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> See, I know my facts. 
thought you meant Scottish. No, Comedians, Glasgow, sorry. Specifically Glasgow. Right. Liam. Yeah, Liam yeah. Farrelly. Um, you can say there's some core... Mark Jennings. I just want to avoid <laughs> talking about it. And I'm not going to give him this one because he told the gong show went from me. <laughs> I barely know him. How do I even say hi to him next time I see him? I'll introduce you. <laughs> see, at least Mark get an air time. We're not even talking about Stuart. Anyway. I love have, Stuart as well. You have this long list of national treasure level of great comics. Mm. Stephen Buchanan included. Thank you. Yeah. And that's... That's from the day to day. There's something about maybe the water is polluted. It's something about <laughs> the city. Something about the city that give the comics so much nutrition and energy. Yeah. Like you were saying about the Billy Connolly thing. I think the Billy Connolly thing was like a working class thing and that was maybe their escapism of yeah. this is all they've got. He's working down the shipyard with his mates and they've got their banter going on and just joking around. But is that- it fair to say Glasgow prices out particularly on his working class character? Yeah, I would say so. The working class character of the city, how does it work? Why is it so important? Why does it make Glasgow so special? Well, I think the being funny and working class or whatever is maybe a survival thing. So that that's all you've got. And the playground. If you're funny, I won't beat you. Is that Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is so sad. <laughs> that is so well, that's uh, and we were talking about. I would try so to either learn to fight or be funny. Yeah, when I was in school, the popular kids were the guys who could fight or the guys who could play football. Yeah. So if you couldn't do either of those two things, then you had to be funny to survive, <laughs> or you would get battered. Right, which is you know, yeah, you would get <laughs> you get beat up. Um, the silence is not intended. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I... It's okay. quite sad, but maybe that is the reason why a lot of working class Scottish people are funny. Right. Okay. It's a survival thing. Maybe that's a theory, but I'm still in shock. No, 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 but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do want to mention the podcast. I made this analogy and I think it's brilliant. This Sam Laughs podcast. By the way, that is really I like that when comedians don't have too much a big ego and you guys say that the podcast called some love because we'll guarantee there will be some love <laughs> but it will not be so many laughs yeah. right? you just have to live there it. might be some laughs but, but this is very un-American as well being self-deprecating but still funny American wouldn't say dude this is the best yeah. podcast on the entire planet we're gonna be so funny you're gonna love it so much yeah. and this kind of thing doesn't really it's, work here yeah, especially a... not, not in Scotland I think Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, prick. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, I would say it's a British thing, but all, like, more so a Scottish thing as well, yeah. where you don't want to be getting ahead of yourself. You don't want to say this is going to be good because if there's one person who says that's shite, then they'll... Can you explain that? Don't want to get ahead of yourself being a Scottish thing. Um, How does it work? So the Scot- I'd say the Scottish mentality is, have you heard of like tall poppy syndrome? I don't actually know what you're talking about. Okay. The last word just pronounced. Tall poppy syndrome. Poppy, like a flower. Yeah, so like... The, yeah, the poppy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So tall poppy syndrome is like in the field of poppies, one gets big and then the other people around you want to chop down the tall poppy because it's getting ahead of itself. It's getting too big for the rest of the people. So don't get too big for your boots, basically. Be Cut. average. Be average like yeah. the rest don't of us. Don't stand out. Don't stand out. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't think you're bigger than the rest of us because oh. you're not, you know. That's okay. the mentality of Scottish people, I would say. So how was that manifests? Fested? How did that manifest? 
from your parents or from your peer? Like, how do they say, don't do this, you don't want to stand out? How does everything, yeah, just the way you grow up, like, yeah, your parents or your peers or whatever, it's probably peers the most in, in yeah. school. If you ever try to do something different, your friends would be like, why are you doing that? Interesting. You know, if it's you... actually very similar to some of the um, um, East Asian philosophy. This is Taoism. There's one philosopher, he told a lot of stories, anecdote, but it's actually some hidden message in it. And it is someone discover a very ugly tree. Like there's a lump here and there and it's like, oh, this tree is so ugly. But the more of the story is someone say that, yeah, but if the tree were prettier, it would have been cut down to be turned into a piece of furniture yeah. already. So the fact that it's so ugly is that how it could survive. Yeah. The way. I think that's the closest that, I can think of that. Yeah, that's a good, I like that. I've never heard of that, but... That is a good way because it's about perseverance as well, yeah. I suppose. If you have not been dealt the best hand but in life. But even that though, you have a specific, you try not to be an alpha on stage. I'm probably jumping too close to the comedy persona, I think, but I will just cut it later. You want to be a beta, but you don't want to be a full loser on stage. I don't know whether you thought about it or it's just who you are. You just translate that on stage. So this is my set specifically? Yeah, and, and yeah. when I think about, I'm, yeah. I'm always going to reference to the podcast trio because you want one for all, all for one, right? Okay, so I don't think Mark has quite the same stage post yeah. as used. No. Mark wants to be the one that looks like he shines. The alpha. So so the top poppy the thing doesn't really fully apply to him. Like when you're talking about that, it makes sense to me, but not to the two peer in your podcast group because they are the shining, beautiful boy. And that's why, this is what I want to say. <laughs> Cam, please judge me whether this is a good analogy, right? Okay. Oh, you probably don't even know that podcast. I think you three sitting together look so much like the Sunny podcast. Always Sunny. The, uh, the Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And specifically, Stephen is almost like a Scottish version of Charlie, <laughs> which is my personal favorite character. From Same, that. my Evil favorite. Sitcom, right? And Mark and Stuart, they're gorgeous. They're gorgeous boy. Although Mark... I'm, and I'm not gorgeous? Come on. You are. <laughs> a daddy fetish. But um, <laughs> gorgeous Scottish guy. It's like lettuce. <laughs> it, it expired. <laughs> You've got about two weeks. <laughs> One week, maybe. <laughs> but still longer than this one. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't mind being the Charlie. Yeah, the I love Charlie. A lot of men would. Yeah, he's the funny We, you know. Or is it because you think Charlie's guy. actually always the funniest? And for yeah. me, being funny is more important. Yeah. I would say so. That was my mentality throughout school. I knew I wasn't like the tall, good looking guy, so I'd have to be the funny guy yeah. in school. But I think you were saying that tall poppy thing doesn't apply to like people like Mark if he's the alpha. I think it still does to an extent. Um, maybe not as much, but it's still in the Scottish mentality if you get ahead of yourself in any way. If Jennings was like, oh, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian, people would still go, oh, so you think you're funny, do you? Or, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's like there's still that thing there. Even if he is the alpha, there's still like... So you're saying that he, if he had been born elsewhere, like in the States... If he was born in America or... He'll be unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, must be, he's, you must be itching there. Why? <laughs> But or even in London as well, I think. Maybe like a, a posh sort of... If he were born into an Eastlington family, yeah. went to a private school... Eaten if he went to... Like, and then you know, joined the Cambridge foot. Like, oh my God, yeah. can you imagine? Those people still have the, the ego and stuff. I would say maybe tall poppy syndrome applies to only maybe 
more working class people or like S- Scotland as a whole, I would say even posh Scottish people or alphas still have this. Things like even the posh Scottish people, they are quite discreet and not kind of understated. They are not that. How to say that crass they are not yeah sort of brash about it posh scottish people are english basically i agree i just described yesterday i saw i was comparing to the scottish family i'm talking to i feel like people in edinburgh have do you watch star trek no Okay, so in Star Trek <laughs> universe, there's Scotty, there's a Scottish guy in that. <laughs> Simon who plays Simon Pegg, I think. That's a quite recent. I'm talking about the Jean, the old ones, Jean-Luc Picard era. Uh, right. So there's an alien race called the Borg, and yeah. what they do is they put in little microchips and they will assimilate every single living species they conquered and steal their technology. And at some point, the lead character, the captain, Jean-Luc Picard, played by Stuart... Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. He was half assimilated, turned into a Borg, sort of cyber Borg. Right. But he wasn't fully assimilated. Right. So I feel like that's people from Edinburgh. And that's a very long setup. Did you like the punch? Yeah. specific to you though because you say you always find it the more important thing is to be the funniest yeah you know this is a quality you have and other people cannot beat you and i'm sorry to ask you okay i'm gonna make this sound bad by saying steven i think you're a very gorgeous man now okay now it's being said <laughs> thank you thank do you do you think that way of thinking has to do with your height yeah because you probably. joke about your height you joke about being shorter man on stage and when i it was really, really funny, but when I listened to that bit, I just thought, hmm, is he fully at peace with that? Or he just... I, I am now. You are now. But see, when I started doing that, I, I felt self-conscious about it. So I, that's quite an old joke from maybe, say, like 2017 or 18. And that, was, at the time, was quite a self-conscious thing for me. I, w- I was worried about how people would perceive me. And would they think it was weird when I walk on stage that I was shorter? I don't even think people would even make the connection but I felt like that's what they would maybe be thinking so I felt like I had to get it out first and that would be my opening joke I'm a small man blah 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 uh, but now I'm not that bothered about it probably because I'm in a, a relationship we live together and I'm like happy now but you're <laughs> saying that your self-evaluation of your physical attractiveness when you were much younger determining your way of thinking and that sort of extended from your private life onto the country and I'm being nitpicking but do you see where I'm coming from yeah because you you're very comfortable, but I don't think you settle for a beta persona trying to be the funniest on stage is an accident. There's a thought pattern behind it. Yeah. I think it has to do with the fact that whether you were bullied or not, it may not be full bullying, but I assume your friend would just every now and then joke about your height. Yeah. You know, yeah. Guy, right? Yeah. So it either was your defense mechanism and say, no, I'm going to own it. I'm going to own it. I'm going to determine how you look at my height. And I'm the one that's going to decide how this should become a joke. If it's going to become a joke, I want it to be on my terms, basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly it. It was, it was ownership of it because that was the main thing that they had against me so if i've got ownership of it and i go yeah myself first i say it then whatever they've got to say can't hurt because i've already okay, said so it. next question please don't be offended i hope it doesn't come the wrong way how did you not become an incel <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, very let's... close i was very close <laughs> yeah. okay, let me explain let me explain i was on the cusp of it <laughs> no let me explain your comedy 
you have a really good mixture of if people don't look deep into it, they just think you're being someone very daft. Yeah. On stage. But actually, when you do more jokes, you're very intelligent. But you don't mind being seen as the silly guy. Yeah. You don't want to brag about your intelligence. You're a very smart guy. You can write good jokes, but you don't mind being the daft one. Yeah. And so when you look at your stuff, you talk about a story that happened to you. A lot of jokes come from the subtlety, absurdity of your life. And a lot of them are observational. And these days, a lot of comedians, especially younger male, like to be very opinionated, have their view, have their opinion on something. Yeah. Some of them would be your physique. Yeah. And sometimes we wonder whether some of those very strong opinions to deliberately attack women, for example, comes from the fact they were kind of rejected. So yeah. wonder, do, do you see where my question is coming from? Yeah. yeah. Is it because it's just, just not the kind of comedy you personally appreciate or you've never been led to that kind of, I'd say, dark place or... Yeah. Um, Sorry, I can't even phrase the question really well, but I just want to say that uh, from your circumstances and how you come to where you are right now, that couldn't be a detour or sort of diversion to lead to a very strong opinionated kind of comedy, but it didn't happen. Yeah, because I, probably in a way, I don't have <laughs> strong opinions, <laughs> to be honest. Like I've got opinions on things, but also I'm more lazy than anything else above it like I'm like quite like Charlie and from Always Sunny so I'm very lazy and I would rather <laughs> I'd rather an easier life so even if I did have opinions I would be like I, I can't be bothered saying these in case it gets taken the wrong way or whatever okay you know but also I don't really care that much about certain things I think it's funnier to talk about like mm -hmm. old El Paso fajita kits stupid mundane things I find that funnier than talking about like maybe politics or the differences between the gender um, identity politics or whatever and I think that is important to certain people and they're good at it but I don't you know it's not me I don't have strong opinions on certain so things. So you're saying that in your life, when you're just living your life and something really cracks you up, more often than not is one of those moments that this fajita thing <laughs> yeah. doesn't even make sense. Yeah. It's a little weird point like that. Instead of, let's say, a politically absurd scenario being played on TV, you say, yeah, I get it, but I don't really care that much about it. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't even come with like, how dare you call yourself like, okay. yeah. So that's where your natural sense of humor yep. veers you towards, and that's why you've gone down this. Yeah, I think so. And you mentioned the incel thing, and I think it is so easy for someone to, like a, a beta male or whatever, to turn into an incel. Um, I just think about the kind of danger I even dare to suggest the questions. First, it's like, I reaffirm, yeah, you're kind of beta male. Why didn't you turn into an incel? The, the level <laughs> of incel this, this podcast. It's <laughs> an educate lesson. No, I, I think it's a valid question because I don't try and be an alpha on stage either. And like you say, it was interesting that you said that I've got the sort of beta male energy on stage but also more daft rather than the sort of incel way uh, and i'm glad that that comes across because i don't want to be to go that far into it it's, it's like a scale isn't it yeah. from alpha then beta and then you can go off the scale into like incel. yeah the spectrum you're definitely not an absolute loser <laughs> you're funny like charlie you're definitely way above charlie on that spectrum low stakes yeah, yeah. It's, it's that's what i want to go for like low stakes because i think especially we're talking about being in scotland top poppy syndrome and all that stuff if you come on stage with bravado and being 
being an alpha you've got to back it up basically people will in the audience you can see people crossing their arms and going oh who does this guy think he is he thinks he's you know Mr Big Stuff you think he's the big guy but if you go on and say oh look I'm just a daft wee guy <laughs> they'll go oh that's quite funny Once you were almost insulted by me when I say Stephen, that's sad. Okay, we have to give the contact. It's about Frankie and Benny. Frank, Frank, <laughs> Frankie and, and Benny. Okay, so there is a restaurant chain in the UK called Frankie and Benny. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like an Italian American. Yeah, it's not an diner. Italian restaurant. It's an Italian American diner restaurant, and you can just imagine how bad it is. <laughs> and also it's so this set involves Stephen talking about how shit that restaurant is, and yeah. the first joke is that why was someone even try to make a reservation at this place yeah. because you only go there when you run out of options and from that you, you are merciless you are brutal if the restaurant put let's say one million every year in their marketing budget every <laughs> audience member that listen to you just, just destroy any effect achievement done by the marketing department it's like Sasha Baron Cohen done to Borat all the, yeah. all the money that Kazakhstani tourism agents put into marketing is of no use because yeah everything up yeah and I just say because you have to keep talking about Frankie and Benny <laughs> and the way you say Frankie and Benny is so funny and you took it the wrong way you say that are you suggesting I only make this joke funny because of my accent and nothing else it's only my accent alone that made this funny there was no joke involved and I say no is this joke makes it funny already inherently funny but it wouldn't be as funny if someone with a thousand accent tried to deliver yeah it would just not. Like yeah. even Michael Miking Ty, he's just not gonna make it quite funny <laughs> when he just say the word Frankie and Benny. Just, <laughs> well, do you accept that right now? Yeah, I accept that. Um but it's just I think it's funny when English people come up to me like and say it's usually the <laughs> old El Paso joke that I do the fajita kits they always go oh I love just the way that you say fajita kits <laughs> and like and it's like but they don't suggest that the joke's funny they just say oh I'm so jealous I wish I had your accent because just the way you say fajita kits is yeah. funny and it just feels like a bit of a I understand where the grievance from yeah it, I, I wasn't a, yeah it was <laughs> I wasn't like I, I wasn't really angry at you or whatever, but it's just if I went up to you and went, oh, I only think you're that joke's funny because of your accent, then you'd maybe take offence to that. Yeah, someone actually did say that to me. Before. Really? But what what was your it, reaction? I only say it by suggesting I do the accent on purpose. When I say no, I just pronounce it the way it's, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it's just my just my accent. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Do you take offence to that if someone says that to you? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's not the same thing. <laughs> you have one of the best accents as a comedy performer in the UK. Unless people can't understand me. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then they can't get Fair the joke. Point. I'll take that. Do you know that Scottish accent in a very recent survey is voted on a third place amongst 56 UK accents as the sexiest accent? The Glaswegian? The Glaswegian one. Not Scottish, the Glaswegian accent. I'm going to say that again so I can cut in. The Glaswegian accent has been voted out of 56 accents as the, the highest one in Scotland and the third on the list of the sexiest. I think it's a male accent. 
Really? Yeah. That surprises me. I've heard of various male Irish comedian how sexy an Irish accent sounds to women, but rarely do I hear that from Scottish male comics. Yeah, no, you never hear <laughs> a Scottish male comic going, how sexy is this accent? Do you guys just all accept that in general, <laughs> Scottish man is just not an attractive species? Yeah, I think it comes back to the thing of the low status and tall poppy because you don't want to get ahead of yourself, basically. Yeah, I do accept that our Alcoholism is a big problem. So <laughs> it's justified on that front, but. but I think there is examples of you get the stereotype of like a big brooding Scottish guy in a kilt, mm. you know, like the porridge oats guy. Have you ever seen the porridge oats? Porridge oats. Por- porridge. Porridge oats. Porridge. Porridge. Joe. Oats. Porridge oats. <laughs> porridge oats. Yeah, you yeah. seen the porridge oats guy? And it's like the guy with in the kilt with the holding like the shot putt thing. Yeah, yeah, like really muscly, a giant bicep. Right? He was the. Have you ever watched Game of Thrones? Yes. You know the Hound. That's the original Scottish Oats guy. Having said that, um, what's his name? Richard. But he's Richard Madden. Richard but he's Madden. not got a Scottish accent in Game of Thrones. He does the kind of northern, generic northern accent. Northern English. Oh, his eyes are so blue. <laughs> he just way cuter than Jon Snow. Why people, why does Kit Carrington get to live longer? It's not fair. You would prefer Rob Stark Is to that go. A spoiler for Game of Thrones. Can you can you do spoilers? Do you have to hold nah. back? The ending was so shit. Anyway, okay. <laughs> but you see, you think about the hunt. Whereas Richard Martin was also Scottish, so you instantly veer towards the unsexy one. Yeah. So it's unlikely you will ever try to own this accent being sexy on stage. No, no, I couldn't do it anyway. I think I sound quite nasal. I think a Glaswegian accent's quite nasal, you know. But I don't think the nasal quality bugs people, though. Really? Yeah. You have that, so the Glaswegian accent for me is very bouncy. Okay. You, you kind of lift your intonation up at the end. But is that sexy? Bouncy? It's definitely better than... Well, what got the first, like first and second sexist? Oh, I just have to say the survey was conducted by a company called Big Seven Travels. So probably is not very <laughs> academically. <laughs> I don't know because I found the article on Scotsman and they oh, didn't right. bother to talk about the actual top one and top two. They just said, "Hey, our Glasgow is on top three. <laughs> one thing I particularly enjoy in Scotland is swearing. Yeah. Um, it's not like I do it all the time, but I could basically open a show with C word in Glasgow. Oh, easy, yeah. But you can't do it in a lot of places. And I don't particularly need to or want to do it, but the fact that you can do it. You can, it feels great. Yeah. That means that if you suddenly just had a Freudian slip, it's absolutely fine. And I, I don't understand why swearing is so offensive to some people. When you look at certain people's sort of clips, like the Facebook aunties, yeah. the Charlene and Sharon's, and they just say, oh, this comedian is amazing. There's no swearing at all. Yeah. Their language is so clean. I'm like, I bet that woman is <laughs> dirty. <in bed> <laughs> her husband. Even only her husband can get his work. <laughs> I just don't know why does swearing bother you so much if out of 20 minutes there's only one or two f- Having said that, I beep all my f- in my podcast. Oh, do you? I think a beeped f- is funnier than yeah. actual f- And that's why I don't 
I wouldn't enjoy a gig where people are so stuck up. I can understand if there are children involved, sure. but if it's all fully adults in a room, yeah, there's swearing, what's the big deal? Yeah, I don't find the issue with that either. It's it's quite a strange one because I've had that in videos where I've put online, and then I'll get a comment going, oh, "This was really funny, but you don't need to swear or something," you know. And it's like, if you like it, great, but you can't really say, yeah, like oh, I find it funny, line? but don't like, do this, you know. I didn't know, but crap is to consider a dirty word. Yeah. It's, because yeah. they shit, what do you say? But if you say shit, okay, if you say shoot, you tell people, I could have said shit, but I can't say shit, so I'll say shoot. Yeah. Well, even so it should be the say, same Isn't that the meaning? same logic anyway? Yeah. It's just a sound. Why does that bother you so much? And also it's like puts it into their head. Even if you say like, you know, the C word, you're still saying that yeah. and people know the word you're talking about. So you're still putting that you into know, their head. People who say, I don't say shit, I say shoot, feel like a technical virgin that don't do it, but has done anal. Right? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> What's the whole point? <laughs> Hope I make my case. Oh, let me <laughs> this is what I'm trying to do, because I know if I play anything from the back pie, there will be a license issue. So when I was in Edinburgh for this French festival, I make sure I took a video of some one playing bagpipe by the street. Right. It's only the murky area. So I thought this would be what originally <laughs> welcomes you to to case. <laughs> so, so did you depending th on the sound quality, this actual bit may go in or I would actually take the sound from there. <laughs> but this was what I had in mind because I was so disoriented looking for the Platform 16. I forgot <laughs> to get this music. Right. I'm sorry because we talk so much about the very serious stuff. Yeah. So something a bit dark. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Funny. yeah. Okay. Sorry if I ended on the back pie. How can we find you on social? Probably shouldn't even. People know you from social media, but just in case, where do we find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok under Stephen Bucomedy. That's S T E P H E N B U C O M E D Y comedy and that's it today from my extremely talented and smart and brilliant comedian friend colleague thank you very much it's been Stephen Buchanan bye thank you bye <laughs> <laughs> sorry about the back <laughs> that's funny